Hey, welcome back to episode 58 of the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Brandon. I'm here with Zach and Jordan. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Dude, we're back. So excited, buddy. We are back, baby. Great. The, uh... Took a nice little break. We had some stuff going on, but it's good to be back. Yeah, life got uh, life got crazy busy for all of us in a lot of different ways there, and uh, I'm just uh, it, it was the right time, you know, right at the end of the of playoffs and everything, and uh, heading into the off season. Um, I know there's you know a ton of dynasty content going around right now, but we're gonna weigh in with some of our own opinions on uh, on some of these rookies coming in and start doing some dynasty content as we work our way towards the NFL draft. So. I'm pumped. Well, I mean, March is really the the time of year where it like really separates the like guys who like fantasy football and the, the true degenerates like we are, you know, doing mock drafts in the beginning of March and stuff. It's, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you are the ultimate degenerate when it comes to rookie drafts. So we will uh, <laughs> we will have Zach on frequently during uh, this time because he will weigh in on all things rookies for us. It's great times. I want to bring up one other thing too. Speaking of March, March Madness is going on right now. For me, it is March Sadness because Gonzaga just lost in the uh, Elite Eight. Uh, that was a bummer. It was a really good game. Well, it was it not wasn't a, good, a game. good game. The game before was. <laughs> this one was terrible. Lost by almost 30. So, uh, bummer for my Zags fans out there. I am with you in the heartbreak and, uh, and so many other people whose teams didn't... Uh, didn't get to make it to the final four, but congrats to the teams that did. And it's been a really fun tournament this year. All so the blue bloods are gone. It's good. Fun. Yeah, no number one seeds left. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Cinderellas go into the final four, so it's it's pretty fun to watch though. I don't I don't know if we've ever had a tournament. I mean, maybe once or twice before where zero number one seeds made it to the final four. I don't know. But Dude, and we didn't even have any a, make it into the Elite Eight. Yeah. No, it's the first time that a 13 seed, right? Isn't uh, uh, Florida Atlantic, aren't they a 13 seed? First time. Uh, they're, since... a, they're a nine. Oh, okay. I thought it was like first time since like 2013 I read that they've made it to the Final Four. So, like, it's just crazy, like, seeing some of these teams pull it off. And it was a fun tournament. There was... there. Really wasn't any like clear like runaway teams in this this whole tournament. I think the final four is pretty. There open. was supposed to be, but yeah. Bama went down pretty good. So yeah, I think Bama was kind of the favorite heading into the tournament, and uh, yeah, they they lost in the Sweet Sixteen uh, along with um, Houston, right? Yeah, Houston, was, yeah, yeah. It was kind of the second uh, best team, I think, heading you know a lot at least consensus wise heading into the into the tournament. So yeah, it's been fun. Um, good old, good old mattress Mac had had like another like eight million dollar bet on Houston to win. Like, oh dude, man, guy, he takes anybody guy, from Texas. He, though. Bets on, he bets on everybody Texas exactly. <laughs> yep. So it's pretty pretty crazy. It was fun. It was fun to watch though. So Final Four will be good. It does suck to see the Zags go down. We were just talking about it too. How stoked we were for that game, and then it was not uh. a very exciting game. Yeah, Timmy getting his fourth foul right at the beginning of uh, the second half was uh, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin, and from there the game just got way out of hand. So it's a bummer. Um, I was I would have loved to see him at least get to the final four in his final season with the Zags. Uh, you know, all time leading scorer for Gonzaga. 
love that guy. He's been great in all of his tournament games and unfortunately came up short this time, but good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, today we're going to dive a little bit into like, you know, top three, top four um, position players, quarterback, running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. And then we'll throw out a couple of uh, sleepers that we have as well as far as, you know, where we see the top, you know, four. Most of these are pretty consensus. You know, wide receivers may shift around a little bit, but um, most of these are pretty, pretty consensus as far as where they're at. But um we're going to talk about our landing spots. We'll talk about, you know, super flex versus, um, you know, just a standard one QB league. Uh, so why don't we jump into uh, the quarterbacks first? So who do you guys see in a standard league and does it change versus super flex for you guys as far as who your QB one is? Yes. Oh, for me, so it, not, it, it changes where I would take them, but I still like you get the same points regardless. Okay, so yeah. who would your consensus number one be in Superflex then, Jordan? Um, mine would be CJ Stroud. Uh, I think he's got the safest floor and a whole lot of upside. He's got the size and the arm strength, uh, great college production. It sounds like he's going to be the number one overall pick. Um, he's not. He doesn't have the rushing upside of an Anthony Richardson, who in in a, a standard, you know, like a non-superflex league where you're only starting one quarterback, Richardson is the one that I would want. You're not going to have to take any of these guys in the first round. Uh, so I would just swing for the fences on the guy with the Konami code who, you know, might give you those crazy rushing weeks. But uh, I think in a 2QB, you want the long-term stability. Um, CJ Stroud right now is the betting favorite to be the number one overall pick. So... Uh, he's going to have a really long leash. He's a guy that, you know, you should be able to, to like, he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL starting this year and for at least three or four years where the team that invests that much in him is going to have to keep trying to, uh, you know, see if he's the guy and if he can uh, improve and become, um, you know, a Joe Burrow or, or one of those guys. So uh, I like Stroud in a two QB. I like Richardson in a one QB. I, I'm going to cheat with my answer. Um, I think the first quarterback off the board should be whoever Carolina drafts at 101. Um, I, I, it's not, that's, fair. it's not the most exciting receiving core of all time, but like I was looking at their off season acquisitions and they brought in some, like some veterans and a running back. And it's like, they're trying to make it a smooth transition. Like no one other than Adam Thielen seems to think that they're going to be a contender this next year. <laughs> but uh but you, you don't want to draft a guy you like they traded up they traded a lot to get up to 101 and then like you don't want to just bring in you know whoever it is even if it was uh you know Peyton Manning you don't want to bring him in with nothing around him and just have him get killed with nobody to throw to so I, I, I yeah. do like what they did there so like that makes it for me you know whoever they take it, the the odds on favorite right now is CJ Stroud um, we were talking before the show. I, I like CJ Stroud, but I don't feel like he's the best quarterback in this draft. I think it's uh, the guy who was sort of consensus number one QB all year up until up until the season ended for college was uh, Bryce Young. I mean, if the only knock on him is his size, he's he's short, he's short king. Um, I think he he. At the combine, they said he was six foot, two hundred and four pounds, but uh, that was generous. Six foot. He he refused to be weighed at his pro day. Like he 
he was eating some Twinkies and stuff in that week leading up to it, you know, trying to trying to pat out pat that number, <laughs> like standing on his tiptoes or something. Um, hey, he's got did all the, the did arm they talent say in the world. Six feet at the combine? I thought he was like, I thought he was like five ten at the combine. Yeah, I mean, either way, that's that's you know that is that was the knock on like you know Russell Wilson and like you know some of these shorter quarterbacks you can't see over the center, it limits where you throw, and I think that's why Bryce Young has, it, I, I guess, lost his draft capital a little bit is because when you can't see over the center, just like Russ, you have you depend on those bootlegs and you depend on your your right and left more than you know anything over the middle. Yeah. And I think that does hurt him the most. Well, I, he he was the lead you know, but- though in in college. And granted, Alabama's always stacked, you know. But even against SEC competition, he for two years as a starter was phenomenal. Um, and even uh, yeah. you know Nick Saban to his defense when he was asked about his size, he said he didn't miss a game due to injury, and he's going against SEC defenses. You know that. And he's basically starting behind the NFL offensive line. <laughs> Damn near, at least. So, like, I mean, 90% of them are going to get drafted. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's true. That's if he was three that's inches maybe taller. maybe one of the worrisome things. If he was three inches, I know it's, it's a what if. He was three inches taller, four inches taller. He'd be talked about like Trevor Lawrence was, where it's like, oh, you can't miss on this guy. Yeah. But he's not. So, that, that is a very real concern, um, which is probably looking like it's going to hurt his real life draft capital. But, um, you know, if that ends him up in Houston, I, where I, where I liked where Carolina did this off season, I, I dislike what Houston did for whoever they bring in at one Oh two. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I was you know, going to say is, is I think one of the worrisome things is, uh, you know, going from that Alabama offensive line to potentially the Texans offensive line is pretty much a downgrade when you consider the competition level that they're going to be playing against. So, uh, you know, a smaller guy, uh, with a rough situation at offensive line, he's going to be going to a bad team. Like we, we still expect Bryce young to be a top five pick almost certainly, yeah. um, along with CJ Stroud, even if Stroud is the, the consensus one one right now, Bryce Young's still going to be gone within the first two, three, four picks, probably at the I latest. I can't see him falling so, farther than four. Um, no, yeah. me either. See, for me, it's uh, as much as I like CJ Stroud and I like, I agree. We've seen this like massive flux in how quarterbacks are graded. And you look at, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and these guys that are you know up there one and two and i think anthony richardson has that ability to be up there i'm not saying it's going to be right away but you have to consider that in a super flex draft even because his rushing and i mean the guy's got arm strength i mean we've we i saw it in his pro days and you know all that like he's got what it takes i just I do think it depends on his landing spot. Well, I mean, he I mean, casually rolled into the combine and had the best athletic performance of all time. Yeah. You know, so and right. the potential's there to say the <laughs> so, least. He's got some some yeah. other flaws, like reading a defense and stuff like that. It's not a physical thing with him, but he, yeah, he, that's yeah, that's that's why I have Richardson as my top QB for a one quarterback league. Like he's the guy I most want to get on my team in a one quarterback dynasty league because you know, you want that ceiling. Like the the guys who make a difference for you at the quarterback position in a one QB league are the Josh Allens uh, of the world where you get the rushing floor and you get uh, all the upside with the passing, the Josh Allens and the Jalen Hurts and stuff. Whereas like, 
Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, they may be a better like pocket passer. They may be a better quarterback overall, but as far as fantasy is concerned, they they would need to be at a you know Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow level to actually give your team the the difference making uh, points. Uh, from a pocket passing quarterback. So I would way rather have Anthony Richardson in a one QB league and in a, but in a two QB, I'm going to go Stroud or young with that, that safer floor. I think they'll almost certainly get drafted higher and have sort of that longer leash where, you know, over the next three or four years, like they're going to be starting quarterbacks. They're going to be given the every opportunity by an NFL team to, to be that guy. So if, if Bryce young goes to Houston, where in so I guess where in Superflex and where in a one QB league would you guys draft Bryce Youngman if he ends up in Houston? Is he still a f- early first round for you guys yeah. in Superflex? No. In Superflex, oh, yeah, yeah, in Superflex, absolutely. I'm taking him third or fourth, okay. depending on where. If if Richardson goes a few picks later, but he goes to a better team, that's you know, yeah, I, I'm rolling those mm-hmm. dice. Yeah. yeah, if I, I think it's going to be Stroud and Young one and two. Yeah. And it, if Richardson's still a top five or top 10 pick, then he, I think you can take them in whatever order you want, really. Like it's, it, it's tough to say. And everybody always wants to say, oh, you know, this is the quarterback. I think it, you know, uh, um, but we're, we're really terrible overall at evaluating quarterback <laughs> talent, like even the NFL yeah. is. So, you know, so fantasy analysts are, are really bad at, at evaluating how college uh, production stuff is going to translate to the NFL for these quarterbacks. So uh, I think any of those three, they're kind of, you know, you could switch them any way around you want, but they're going to be the guys that draft after Bijan in a super flex. Yeah, if, if- Okay. If Richardson goes to the Colts at four or Seattle at five, like I feel like that elevates him over even the Raiders at seven. He's not falling or, to seven. Though. Uh, Somebody will get him before that, unfortunately. Probably not. Or the Falcons, or one of those teams could trade up for him as well. So I think our next guy yeah, if is more in that ballpark. Will Levis? Will Levis yeah. yeah. And I think Levis is kind of the clear four for most people. Like these other three guys are a tier ahead. He's going to come in and have a like Zach Wilson level uh, pro day. And then people are going to just be enamored with him because he, he's got a cannon. (laughs) And he's absolutely, he's not as mobile as Richardson, but he's mobile. Like he's got all of the pre-draft things you want to see that um, Allen did before Buffalo took him in. If you guys remember, like Buffalo got, you know, the internet was not happy with that pick because he was not mm-hmm. seen as, you know, and he had a terrible first year. He did, you know. Um, so, however, his his uh, becoming elite from having, you know, bad uh, bad press um, in the pre-draft and a bad first year has got other quarterbacks a lot of a lot of uh, extra money on contracts in an extra couple of years. We're gonna wait it out. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think we were talking beforehand. Levis has got just sky's the limit upside, but man, the the floor is is pretty pretty low. Absolutely. If he's still a top ten pick, Levis is is he is he, in in superflex? He's still gonna be a first round pick then. But oh, I don't certainly. think he's a, is he is he still a, like a early to mid second round pick in a one QB. Mm. 
Uh, in a one QB, I think I've seen Levis fall into the third in quite That's a few mocks. I, yeah. Whereas Richardson, you could look at maybe back of the first or early second in the one QB, and Stroud and Young are almost certainly going to go sometime during the second round. Barring something like shocking happening, he's going to be the fourth QB off of the real draft, and and probably should be in uh for dynasty or 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 redraft. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking to take him in the second round. This is a deep class uh, at other positions. Um, unless he goes like the Raiders, I do like you know if he can go be there with Adams and just chuck it up to him, you know that's that's nice. But if he goes to some other like team that's rebuilding or you know kind of middle of the road, I don't know if that really. What about like Atlanta? I, they've got weapons, but they also run the ball. Oh, yeah, lot. they do. <laughs> but that's what I wonder if they would use his legs as well as his arm strength. You know, I mean, it, he, they do have some weapons. They have young talent. I think Atlanta could be a pretty interesting landing spot. Arthur Smith did uh, ruin Marcus Arthur. Mariota. So uh, I don't know when he, when he had him <laughs> in uh, Tennessee and, you know, in Atlanta, he's pretty washed at this point, but his rookie years was, you know, he, I don't know, didn't develop him the way he yeah. was projected to go. Yeah. All right, well, let's hop over to the running backs. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Zach's going to have fun with this one. Um, we have our obvious number one overall, I think, in just overall in Superflex, doesn't matter, Bijan Robinson. Yep. Uh, this guy's insane. Every aspect of his game is, you know, perfection. He's by far the best prospect, I think, that's came out since Saquon. Um, maybe even a better prospect than Saquon. Um, I don't think that's quite fair. You know, talent wise, man, it's close. it's close. Yeah. It's close. Talent wise, this dude's insane. Talent wise, he may have the edge, but he, he's not the physical specimen that Saquon was because that guy was insane. Yeah, not quite, but man, he he. I think you know he's significantly better as a prospect than even Brees Hall was. Yeah. Who ever you know, we were all pretty excited about Brees Hall last year, so. Uh, Bijan's the guy like you do not need to think about it the landing spot almost doesn't matter as long as he's drafted by the like 10th pick of the second round it doesn't really matter what team he goes he's to. going to the first um I would he's be almost certainly going back in the first. the first yeah I would be absolutely shocked if he did not go in the first I think there's only two or three teams in the in the like real league that if they took them, it would knock him out of the 101, and it would also take like a perfect landing spot for, say, Richardson or something, somebody trading up for him, like a good already established yeah. team, just to move him off. He's he's that special. Um, if your team is okay, let me ask you this: yeah. Bijan lands, uh, you know, in a in a spot where it looks like it's going to be a running back committee, um, where they really like to run a running back committee. Um, and Anthony Richardson ends up going to Baltimore, who doesn't, uh, you know, something happens with Lamar and Richardson goes to Baltimore. Would you take B? Would you consider taking Anthony Richardson over Bijan in that scenario? I'd consider it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, would, I would still take Bijan. I'm Bichon, in the same boat. But... I'm taking Bijan 101. Um, and not not looking back at he all. Would, if, you know, if I have the one on one in any league, he would have to go to like New Seattle. The one no, like 
even New England, I, I'm, I'm less worried about that. Like, it's not, I'm not happy about it. Um, but if you went to like Seattle where Ken Walker is, or if you went to the Jets where Hall is, or you went to Indy where Taylor is, you know, where they already have like studs. Um, and yeah, you mentioned San Francisco, San Francisco earlier yeah. too, where they've got Christian McCaffrey and that would obviously limit his, his upside for, for more than one year. Right. That's that's the only thing that's going to stop him from being the 101 is if it's looking like, oh, he's a timeshare with another really good running back for several years. Outside of that, it, he's the one. And even then, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's probably still the 101. Because he could still take anybody's spot. Like, he, I mean, he's he's that. I good. mean, he's going to have success in the NFL. The only thing that could stop him from being a successful running back in the NFL would be injury. Yeah, that's that's it. The the hype yeah. around this guy. I mean, I I started accumulating twenty twenty three picks a couple years ago. Um, not just with him in mind, but this this whole class. He was obviously the headliner. Um, but it's it's nice and. I know the the whole running back landscape and the whole league sort of shifted this year, but it's just sort of the the perfect storm. We have one of the deepest draft classes at running back in quite some time. Uh, it's not quite as star studded as we had hoped outside of him, but it is deep. And I mean, a lot of the Very. the main guys in the league right now, and for dynasty and stuff, fantasy redraft, they're all they were twenty six last year, and that's sort of the. The first cliff, you know, the second one's coming up shortly thereafter. So it's a perfect storm mm-hmm. for some of these young guys. Yeah, it's also a, a pretty deep class uh, of free agents at the running back position. We've already seen some guys get franchise tagged with Saquon Barkley being franchised by the Giants. Josh Jacobs getting the franchise tag from the Raiders. Um, you know, we don't know for sure that those guys are going to sign their franchise tags and that you know, they're, they're actually going to play on the franchise tag. We could see potentially, you know, Josh Jacobs do what, uh, um, what Le'Veon Bell did, you know, with the, with the Steelers and just say, look, I'm not going to play on the franchise tag. I'm going to sit out, see if I can get a better contract down the road or different things like that. So, um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. A lot of teams that don't have somebody who's already established in that RB one role. And like you said, a good deep, uh, draft class. So, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for some of these guys coming in and it's really going to depend on the draft capital for most of these people. Like it, you know, if you look back over the years, like Bijan, we're not worried about, he's almost certainly going in the first, you know, if not the first, it'll be very early second round. Um, but once you get to those, you know, round four, round five running backs and later you're, yeah, they don't tend to, uh, have a lot of success. We have seen exceptions, you know, we had Isaiah Pacheco and we had uh, James, James Robinson as an undrafted free agent. You know, we've, we've seen some of these guys have success, but the hit rate is very, very low. So the draft capital is the main thing to watch for. I think there's kind of a clear top three with Bijan like you know a, a tier ahead of the other two but then um you know after Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet who we'll talk about a little bit I think there's a drop off where the rest of the guys past that we have to see the draft capital before we really know what to do with them well and mm-hmm. with with this many like legitimately good running backs coming in there's it's pretty good odds I mean the whole league is going to a committee system I think there's like three teams yeah. that don't at this point. Um, it's just hoping to be 
the lead guy in that committee for most of the part. How would yeah. you feel if Bijan went to the Steelers with Najee Harris? Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I'm still going to draft him, but I hate it because they, they spent first round capital on Najee. I think Najee was like RB six or something. The second half of the season last year, like he, yeah, he can't, he finished strong. He was coming off that injury and like, he had that plate that he they was, won't do that. Right. Had in his <laughs> shoe and all that. And, yeah. I mean, they, I don't think they will, but I mean, they do love their running backs there. So look, I, I'm going to angrily draft him, but I'm still going to draft. <laughs> yeah. I, that's as a speaking, I like the, you were talking about the franchise tag and stuff like that. You know, as a running back, there's no way I would play on a franchise tag. Uh, there's no way like, that running I would backs, not. But Dude, the, yeah, I mean, ten million yeah, dollars for one year. I get it. I get it's a ten million dollar contract. It, I think it's even higher than ten million. But still, you get one year and running backs. That could be. Did it you for see them. what the other like, running backs are signing? They're signing like two million dollars for one year right now. They're they're getting one year contracts regardless. So take the ten yep. million versus the yeah. two million and try it again. Exactly. Exactly, oh, and hope so, that in the so following tough. year you can still go get a contract somewhere because that's that's the issue is there's so many good running backs and so many teams are using committees and, and not wanting to pay running backs money. Jacob's, that if you can get $10 million for one season and then I mean, that's just see what you can still, do you know? after that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. so much. Jacobs I probably would for sure, but you can't tell me Barkley's not going to get a 6 to $8 million you know, three-year deal. I mean, Dallas just got Zeke, will, but... and they extended him at the same yeah. point of the contract, and he he didn't have yeah, the injury. Zeke is, yeah, Zeke is far past his prime, and Barkley he wasn't not. when they signed the contract. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. All right, let's talk Aaron's, about uh, don't, Jimmy don't let your kids be running backs. Wide receivers yeah. are short now. It's fine. You just change position in high school and <laughs> yeah. exactly learn a route yeah, play, exactly play running back through part of high school and then learn the route tree and move to wide receiver and play play wide receiver in college. Well, I mean, this next guy play, basically yeah. plays wide receiver out of the backfield. That's what I was going to talk about, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I mean, he's got – he's a passing back. Uh, he's being uh, compared to Alvin Kamara. And, I mean, that's not a bad comp to be compared to. I mean, he's has had an incredible season or inc- incredible career, you know, uh, minus the off-the-field issues. But uh, you know everything else. I where where's uh where's Gibbs for you in terms of super flex versus a single QB league? Then as far as draft capital goes, I think he's going like fifth, uh, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. He's still solidly in the first round. Yeah. Re- yeah. Regardless, super flex or. Yeah, in a one QB, QB. he's probably going to go second or third Mm -hmm. overall in your rookie drafts. In a two QB, he's going to go behind some of those quarterbacks, uh, probably at least the first three. But you could see him going off the board before Will Levis. Uh, I see him before or after Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we're going to talk about when we get to the right wide receivers. I don't usually see him going after Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison or any of the other wide receivers. So I could I um, could see him falling to RB three of the class based on draft capital or or location of he and or landing spot. Yeah, same. 
And I like, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Zach Charbonnet fan personally. So um, I, I could see it depending on the capital on the landing spot. We need Charbonnet to get early second round draft capital. If he falls to the third um, and Jameer Gibbs go, you know, they're talking about Jameer Gibbs is maybe even a, a first round pick in the NFL. If that happens and Charbonnet falls to the third, Gibbs will clearly establish himself as the second running back behind Bijan. Unless, unless they go to one of those like gold at the end of the rainbow landing spots, you know, like, like Charbonnet in Dallas in the third or Gibbs in a committee in the late first. That's still, you're going to probably take Gibbs, but that's a, got to think about it for a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or, we'll have you know, to see you the end landing spot. Charbonnet and like uh, I think in like Buffalo. Um, you know, well, you know, we've been enough, we've but... been fooled by landing spots before, though. You know, we we saw Ceh yep. move up ahead of Jonathan Taylor because he was drafted in the first round to Kansas City. Ceh and it was, was like this amazing landing spot. It was like RB four going into the pre-draft stuff. I mean, uh, Swift was ahead of him, yeah, obviously Taylor, and then that landing spot. I mean that. That seemed too good to be true. I changed yeah. everything. Yeah, I yeah. changed everything. I mean, part of it with with that was Swift fell, um, you know, due to some pre-draft stuff. Uh, I don't think he had a great combine. Um, so, you know, that was another issue there. And it, it just, it was kind of a perfect storm for CEH to rise to the top of that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a luxury I, I think, pick by the reigning champs, you know, they... Yeah, yeah, you you just don't want to be fooled by some of this. Like Bijan, it doesn't matter. He is the top of the class. Jameer Gibbs and Charbonnet have kind of solidified themselves as the two and three. And you're probably not, like, unless the draft capital says otherwise, you're almost certainly not going to move, uh, like, a bunch of guys up over those guys in the, you know, in the running back position at least. Like Gibbs and Charbonnet... Seem to have yeah, we just momentum. have to hope Charbonnet does not fall out of the third round. Like, if yeah. he does, it's yeah, he it, had a good combine. He's not falling, not too good. There. I don't, I, don't. I no. agree, but Gib- I don't see I it Gibbs is, you know, four, five, three is not the greatest 40 time, but it is plenty good for how big he is. He's a six, big- one, two, 20, and he's a pass catcher as well uh, out of UCLA. And you know, a lot of production for UCLA. So, yeah, as long <laughs> as he goes on day two, Charbonnet is going to be the RB two or three for me. I I think I like him a little more than Gibbs just for what he offers for your fantasy team, but um, we'll, we'll see what the capital and the landing spots say. I'm going to politely disagree with that. I mean, he had a solid 4-5 40, but um, Jameer Gibbs had a elite 4-3 40. Uh, dude caught like 40 passes out of the backfield last year. Like that, Charbonnet has is more likely to be your third three down back. You know, um, Gibbs he's probably going to head to a committee. Um, but but Gibbs had a thousand receiving yards last right. year, right? <laughs> and a thousand rushing yards. Like it's insane. He he transferred to Alabama and didn't lose a step going into a new system or anything. And like he led that team in receptions as a running back in a committee at that yeah. even at that. Um, I, I feel like. I also take note with the uh, the Kamara comp. I've heard it a lot. And at first, when I was doing my process, I was like, yeah, like running back catches stuff out of the backfield and like always a threat to take it to the, the house. They're, they're built completely different. Like Kamara, like he's a stocky dude. He's, for lack of a better term, he, he's girthy. <laughs> he's uh, stout <laughs> for it, for being as fast as he is. He, 
build wise, he's more like a Jamal Charles, and he plays a lot like a Jamal Charles. Where it, you know, he might run it up the middle for That's one or two yards, or he might run it up the middle for eighty five, and you know, he he's a home run hitter. Yeah, I will say one of the knocks on Jameer Gibbs is he did have uh, one of the highest percentages of uh, of um, lost yard. It runs for for a loss of yards mm-hmm. um, in this in this class, at least, uh, la- or you know, in l- last year in college football. But um, you know, he made up for that with with you know a ton of pass catching work. I think he had thirteen receiving touchdowns on the season last year, which is nuts. Um, and yeah, well, over a thousand yards receiving. Volume too, though. Like with having like the most negative yards, like that has to fall into volume. I mean, to to get a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards, like you have to be involved in the offense a significant amount. Like you know, so he's probably oh, yeah. going to. Have I'm sorry, the most that was that was yards, eight but, receiving yeah. touchdowns, which is just awful, you know, for a running. But back. it's oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still phenomenal. Yeah. So all right, well, let's jump over to the wook- the Wookies. Wookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rookie wide receivers. Uh overall consensus number one, I, I believe, uh is JSN. Yeah. Um how do you even say his full last name? Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and yep. Jigba. That is such an awesome Just name. JSN. Yeah, yep. JSN's way easier, but um this dude is is elite when it comes to a wide receiver. He outproduced Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in the same offense. Um, both of them say that JSN is a is better than them. I mean, where do you guys see him going as far as draft capital goes? Then in both Superflex and in a single QB. Oof. I've I've been reading a lot of mocks and it's pretty up in the air. The wide receivers this year are not like I think this is this is an average year for wide receivers and we've just been spoiled the last two three which is absolutely like star studded and deep classes. I there's value this year and he's at the top of the list. Um but he doesn't come without some risk but he's he's gonna be a stud I think. Um I've seen him uh, does does landing spot mean something as far as where you would draft no. him? I mean, if he falls out of the first, okay. but he's not going to. No, he's going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. Uh, possibly the, you know, the the fit is going to be the the thing here. Like he he might be the first wide receiver taken off the board. He could be the third or fourth wide receiver taken off the board, but he's almost certainly going in the first round of the NFL draft. And it's just going to be based on what the team need is, you know, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, these guys are quite a bit different in their, their style. And so it's going to depend what the NFL teams want for, for themselves. But uh, I think JSN's absolutely going to be a stud at the next level. I don't, I can't really come up with a knock on him other than like, he's not, an elite speed guy, but that is just not how he wins. Like he has elite agility scores, which is yeah. uh, why he's, you know, part of why he's such a great route runner and that's how he beats guys. So that's, and that's <laughs> what works at the next level in the NFL. You know, we's, we see a lot of guys who run, you know, these four, two, four, three, 40 yard dashes who don't actually produce all that much for fantasy. They mean a lot more to the NFL teams than they do to fantasy football. And I think, you know, we've got a guy like that this year and like Jalen Hyatt, uh, who's, who's kind of that more that, um, 
that elite speed profile, but um, yeah, he's not. Uh, that, you know, I, JSN could very well be like an Amon Ross St. Brown type exactly. where it's. I love that yeah, comp. He plays just like him, maybe smoother even, but. Yes, even smoother. That weight's not right, right? No. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, how's that one? Possible? No, that's a typo. It's one ninety five, not two ninety five. Okay. I was like, damn, dude, six foot two ninety five. How's this dude that fast? <laughs> He's built like a lineman, and he yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen him. I was like, that is impressive. I've seen him mocked as high as uh, I believe it's ninth overall to Houston. You know, and they where they would take a wide receiver to go yeah. with their new quarterback. I don't personally think he's going to go quite that high. I think he's like probably mid-teens. Uh, but yeah, I agree. You could go mid-teens to a better team there to right too. Around twenty. You got a team with a quarterback there. That's awesome. I think I've seen him um, to Seattle. Um, the I think the chart, the char- any any skill position, everybody's mocking to the Chargers, and everybody gets excited about um, this <laughs> offseason. Yep. But they did hang on to all their receivers too, so I don't know if that's. I can't believe. Yeah, speaking of, I can't believe they hung on to Keenan Allen. I thought for sure Me he was either. gone. Yeah, especially with how much they have to pay him. Yeah. Um, JSN, you know, the one thing everybody's going to talk about is, oh, he was injured this last year. Uh, so we're all like, we're talking about what he did as a sophomore because he did very little in his junior season, but he's still, you know, he's still an early declare out of Ohio State, which has been fantastic at producing wide receivers for yep. the NFL level. Um, and you know, like, like we talked about this guy outproduced Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave being a younger wide receiver in the same offense. This guy's going to be a stud. I am a absolutely true believer in JSN that he's, he's that guy. Like he is going to go out there and make a difference for NFL teams right away and be producing at a, a, you know, a really good fantasy level for your team by midway through his first season. I don't think he's a, a surefire home run like like Jamar Chase was a couple years ago. But he's got like Not Cooper quite, he's got Cooper but... Cup upside, I feel like though, because you could put him all over the field, have him run all over the middle. He's gonna burn somebody, break their ankles and pick up twenty yards, twenty yards, twenty you know, it's his and I see the Amon Ra St. Brown comp for him a lot too, but I've also seen a Justin Jefferson comp for him, which is just insane. Yeah, like I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna be to that level, but I think the guy is absolutely gonna produce. Justin Jefferson was the fifth wide receiver taken that first round, you know, like yep. it's and they both played out of the slot in college. I think I think uh JSN's probably going to stay more in the slot than Jefferson does did in the NFL, but um I, I could see that as, as college profiles. Yeah. And I don't think JSN no. is like so small or so slow that he can't play on the outside. I agree that he'll, he'll definitely stay in the slot more frequently than a Justin Jefferson or, or a Jamar chase or something like that. But, um, he, he, you know, he's, he's plenty capable, I think of doing it on the outside as well. Six foot one ninety five, and, you know, his 40 times at his pro day were like between four, four, eight and four, five, three or something. That's not slow by any no, means. It's solid. Would, you know, he's way faster than any of us. So <laughs> like he's, he's, you know, that's still really fast for uh, a that's human not, being. That's not saying much <laughs> though. <laughs> what do you we, think your 40 like time a, is? 
nine five. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably fall over trying to run the forty. Well, my car like, goes like zero to sixty in like six five seconds. Five and a so. half, like it'd be a, a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Pull my hamstring on the way, like yeah, it's over. I would never be able to run again if I tried. Are we gonna? Uh, what do we do? Our combine at our uh, at our dynasty draft? Or are we gonna clock our forty times? I mean, we you know we did we, last time. We chug a beer at the end of it, so it's a little <laughs> different than just running the straight forty. But I you know, we'll post we our clock, times we, on Twitter. Well, we'll post them. We clocked them. I didn't realize. You know, I'm gonna be honest. What last time when we did that, I didn't realize how serious everybody was gonna take it. And so I went pretty early and then everybody was like running. I was like, man, I did not try hard enough during this 40 time. Like, I mean, even Ritter was out there and he was cruising. I mean, poor Alex, he ended up in the trees, but <laughs> yeah, you know, well, this, he, he, he this tried. Spinning around the bat really threw some people <laughs> off before you run the 40. It was good for <laughs> in the mud and rain. Yeah. To top it all off. But, yeah, you know, yeah. over, that was a good and time. I, just, we'll definitely... I didn't really measure that 40 either. I just paced it off the way I do uh, like a, a disc golf putt. Like, yeah, that's about yeah. 40. <laughs> so. And we need to, we definitely need to record so we can post these next time. Because yes, we'll take some was... videos this time. It's going to be a blast. People have got to see the, the craziness that we do. Um, just for everybody wondering, when we do our rookie drafts, we go camping. We take the whole... The whole team, everybody goes out, uh, all of our significant others, and then we compete in a uh, combine ourselves. But it is a drinking combine along with different games and all of that. And uh, it is very entertaining. There's sanctions where they can actually, you know, throw a flag at you and give you a penalty. And it's it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> it's a really good time. Um, I mean, I think we yeah. can make into a competition. We're going to. Like, let's be real. You bet, yes. you bet. Yeah. I would highly encourage you if you are in a dynasty league with people that you are friends with, find something fun to do together for your draft. Like you don't have to go camping, you don't have to do a combine, but like find what works for your group because it's uh you know it's a bonding experience for everybody and man it's a blast it's so worth it a lot of trades happening around the campfires too. Yeah, a lot of (laughs) trades happen because you've been drinking too much and oh yeah. And then you get home and you're like, wait, when did I trade all those guys? Uh Last year, <laughs> last year I moved up to the two five uh, while it was on the clock, so I could grab Jahan Dotson because I didn't think he should still be there at that point. Which uh, you know that worked out so far. So yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome opportunity to to have some fun with your boys and maybe take advantage of them as well. <laughs> well, you know who yep. won't be available at two five though is Quentin Johnson. That's true. That's absolutely yep. true. Wide receiver out of TCU, six foot three, two hundred and eight pounds. Uh, he profiles as an X receiver. Uh, his number one knock though was body catching. That's kind of interesting. It, it's just like, see, to me, the the whole the the knocks on receivers is hilarious because like Jamar Chase wasn't supposed to be able to catch the ball. That, and, that was right, just a, you know, that was just yeah. in the preseason. He had no problem catching the ball in college. Yeah, it's just funny though. Like you know, they they do that and then boom. You know, Jamar Chase comes out his first season is just electric. You know, I, it, these guys can be coached. They can, you know, they've gone through this their whole lives. I mean, to, he obviously he showed, you know, a different side of him in the combine and a pro day. But, you know, he had a 24% target share in college. Um, you know, where would you guys compare him? Like, what's a comp player for him for you guys? I mean, the bad one 
unfortunately, is Nikhil Harry. Just a physical specimen, fast as heck, but you know, you, you, there's a lot of question marks. Um, That's rough. It is rough. That's rough. But Nikhil Harry was also a high, highly drafted first-round wide receiver for a reason because he was a stud in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sky's, sky's the limit for him. If he can get a route tree down and if the body catching isn't an issue or if he catches with his hands, who, who knows? But I, you know, one of the things QJ really excelled at at the college level was run after the catch, mm-hmm. um, making guys miss in the open field. So I, I think, you know, if you wanted to give him a, a really nice comp in that way, um, you know, maybe a Debo Samuel, uh, just with what he can do after he makes the catch. Um, he's so slippery guys just cannot get him to the ground so his legs are so um, long it, like if you just watch him run it looks like he's jogging but he's just blowing by guys it's crazy yeah yeah he is fast he he underperformed a little bit at the combine compared to what guys thought he was going to do and he you know he ended up being like 62 to 63 rather than this you know he was talked about in college as like 64 215 pounds he's a little smaller than that but um, he, he did show at the combine and at the pro day just recently that, you know, the body catching thing may have been a little overblown because he was making some absolutely phenomenal catches going way, way up to get these balls. Yeah. So, um, you know, he can jump out of the building. Um, he's, he's in an athletic, uh, anomaly, just one of those guys where his ceiling is absolutely insane. So a lot of people have him as the wide receiver one over JSN um, just because of that ceiling there. And, and he could very well be a, a phenomenal player, almost certainly going in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, again, at what order these guys go off the board is going to depend on what a team thinks they need. If they've already got a slot guy who kind of fi- fits what JSN does, uh, and they need that X receiver, then Quentin Johnson's certainly going to Johnston is certainly going to be the guy that an NFL team would take. But um, you know that the opposite could be true as well. So I don't think the draft capital really matters. Uh, I think you should watch the film and see which of these guys you like. And I don't think there's really a wrong answer. The the one thing yeah. with his film that worries me a little bit was that uh, that TCU offense was cooking. And they had some like crazy schemes and stuff. And he just a lot of those highlights were were you know yards after the catch, but he was just wide open. Um, that's true. So you know, and it wasn't because it was like separation. There was just like nobody within fifteen yards, of him and he catch it and run it forty. Because yards. of the schemes, that's yeah. just part of what TCU yeah. does. You know, that's why their offense scores so many points. Is you know, yeah, I I agree. I mean, so with the next guy, you know, Jordan Addison, Oof. I was higher on him. Earlier in the season, like I thought he was going to end up being a little bit higher. He had a pretty bad combine. Um, he had a very bad combine. Where? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's try to be nice, but I mean, where do you see him? Where do you see him going? Like, where would you draft him then in, in like dynasty? You know, like I don't think he's he's going. I think in the last mock that I did, he was in like the third round. Yeah. I think that was I mean that's a month ago him, or but. so, just right before the combine, he was he was talking about his wide receiver one ahead of JSN. Yeah. And I've yeah, like like you said, I, I've been doing some I've been doing a lot of mocks. <laughs> but I've seen him going in the third, mid third, early third, late third. 
I don't know. It's going to be like completely reliant on draft capital with him. I feel like because he he transferred to USC USC to play with uh, Caleb Williams, and he you know he did okay. He, he didn't like blow up like he was expected to. He he was very good. Don't get me wrong, but like combine yeah, that with twenty nine career touchdowns is uh, the second most in this wide receiver class. Um, but the 85 speed score that he received at the combine, he ran a 4.49 40-yard dash at only 173 pounds. That's yeah. uh, third lowest among the 50 wide receivers in this class. So he definitely hurt his draft stock with that combine performance. But uh, man, the guy is smooth when you watch him on film. He was, I think his pro day was uh, yesterday or the day before. And I've been seeing some film from that. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, running against an actual defense and stuff. But the guy's routes are really clean. Um, his acceleration burst, it, it, you know, on, on film doesn't look bad. So even though he's like not a, a great straight line runner, uh, he, he seems to show the ability to create separation against defensive backs when you watch the film. So I, I'm still pretty confident in Jordan Addison being, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four in the class, something like that. And almost certainly still a first round draft pick in your know. rookie drafts. Really first round in rookie drafts? Uh, yeah, maybe falling to the second in super flex, but yeah, probably still first round. I... I like this. He would have to have a really a good better. landing spot for me to look at him that early. I, I mean, I, yeah, I've seen him going pretty late well, with uh, the depth at other positions. Recently. Some of these guys are going to go to good teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah guys about, are going to move up with the draft capital, but I think Addison's still being talked about as an NFL first round draft pick. And there's only, you know, there's only so many wide receivers that are going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL, maybe five. And Addison's very likely to be one of those five. So, um, you know, maybe maybe not even five, maybe only four. Um, I think JSN and QJ are pretty much locked into that. And Zay Flowers, who we're, we were going to talk about next, is is rising up a lot of draft boards because of how good he's been at the Combine and Pro Days and stuff like that. But uh, I don't think Addison hurt himself so much that he's going to fall out of, like, maybe early second round of the NFL draft. And so... He's still going to be pretty high up there on your on your rookie mock draft or your rookie draft boards. What do you think of that, Zach? I, I I'm not. I am a gambling man. I'm not willing to put money on him getting first round capital anymore. It wouldn't shock me, but it also wouldn't shock me if he went in the second. Um, yeah. The more tape I watch, I I've got him as as my personal wide receiver five. But what, I'm often wrong, so <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But uh, who who would you comp him to? He a slower Devonte Smith. Yep. They, they're both that like okay. real slim, they, you know, Jukia, you know, um, and they got he runs solid route tree. But uh, I mean, Devonte Smith was a Heisman winner, and in year two, he was really you know put on a show, especially towards the end of the season in Philly last year. I don't know if Addison's going to do that. I don't see him as being, I don't forecast him as being a team's best wide receiver, which I think if you're drafting somebody in the first, you're hoping for that to be. I think he's a, he's a yeah, you don't want to draft a wide receiver two or yeah. three. Yeah. 
as as a first round guy. I mean, that's now, do you fair, think but say, I... Flowers could be a wide receiver one someplace? I think he's one of those like you got your. He's your one in the sense that he's going to get the deep shots because he's faster and he's a, a field stretcher. Even though he's smaller, he's kind of like a, he and Hyatt both remind me of Deshaun Jackson, where like he's small and just outrun you um, with solid route trees as well. But uh, in the sense that are they going to be a, a volume monster? Probably not. But yardage and touchdowns like a wise, Michael possibly. Hardman type thing. I mean, I think he's a better prospect than Hardman was coming out. Yeah. Let me ask. So, what do you think, Jordan? So if you've got Addison as your wide receiver five right now, I'm guessing you've got Zay Flowers ahead of him. Who's the other name you've got ahead of Addison? Jalen Hyatt. Who was okay. on the our, our sleepers now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn, I mean, four, I can four, see four, it, but I, I worry that Hyatt is more in that Michael Hardman role of like, he's going to be a good field stretcher and play an important role for an NFL team. But as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, he may never actually pan out to be, you know, what you're hoping him to be. And I don't think Hyatt is hitting mo like as far as the mocks I've seen, I I don't think I've ever seen Hyatt go in the first round of a, of a rookie mock draft. I've seen a couple, but um, it's, it's later. And also that landed him with, you know, I think one was the Chiefs, one was the Chargers, so those get me in the Twitter. All right, I mean, yeah, <laughs> with the landing spot, it could definitely, we've seen, like we've talked about, we've seen guys move up like the CEH, like Mecole Hardman. I mean, when Mecole Hardman was drafted by the Chiefs, uh, it was right when Tyreek Hill had some off-the-field issues that we didn't know exactly how it was going to be resolved, and that moved Hardman way up rookie draft boards. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, those those shorter, smaller, deep threat guys, though, that land on, you know, the Chiefs and I mean, even the Chargers, because like, you know, Mike Williams, his roles kind of changed even with that team. You get one of those guys on those two teams. And yeah, I mean, they could skyrocket him up a draft. I've seen him uh, get mocked to Buffalo as well. Uh, Yeah, the Bills. Yeah. Which I could see that, especially with their offseason you know, what, what they've done in the off season and stuff, but um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. All right. Well, let's hop over to the the tight ends. There's not too much to talk about on like the tight end side. Um, it's a deep class. These guys are going to be, it, it, it has not a bad tight end class, honestly, but obviously number one for pretty much everybody mm-hmm. is Michael Mayer, right? Um, you don't think so? I've seen it get moved around a little bit over the uh, over the off season, but I think for the most part, he's still the consensus number one tight end. The issue really is that um, rookie tight ends tend to not do much. Yep. You know, we we saw like Takes Evan Ingram, and we saw Pat Fryermuth, and a couple other names who had really good rookie tight end seasons, Top but. Um, it, it, they're pretty few and far between all, you know, all three of the guys we got listed here could, could end up being very good tight ends in the NFL, but it could easily take them two or three years to get to that spot. So drafting rookie tight ends, you certainly don't want to do it in the first round of your rookie draft. Um, you know, late in the second after, uh, you know, some of the running backs that get decent draft capital that we like some of the guys we haven't even talked about yet are going to move up draft boards because they're going to get, 
you know, late second, early third round draft capital. And it's going to be worth it to start taking them ahead of some of these, yeah. uh, you know, tight ends, uh, some of the quarterbacks that go in the second, things like that. So I've got like five or six um, other running it, backs we didn't even touch on that's going to move all these guys back that I would take just for positional wise, you know. So like yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them in a week or two. There's a couple guys I like as well. So, but uh, I think Michael Mayer is probably still the best shot at uh, having a lot of you know having really good draft capital and potentially making an impact in his rookie season. That's that's what I was. I mean, maybe Dalton Kincaid, who's our yeah. second on the list. But the, part of the issue with Dalton Kincaid for me is that he missed the combine and pro day with his back injury that he's been dealing with. So. And that's rough. That, that could that it hurts. could push him down the NFL board, and even if it doesn't push him down the board for the NFL teams, uh, it could still you know take him a while to get acclimated to those teams, to those schemes, and get himself involved in the offense. So I think I would still go Michael Mayer unless the third guy gets really good draft capital and gets pushed up. Darnell Washington, out Darnell of Washington, six foot seven, two sixty four, with a four six four. Yeah, he wasn't wow, even the best tight end on that team. I mean, the the real prize of the tight end position comes out next year, um, Brockers. But um, I, I, my confession is, I, I've grinded the the least amount of tape for tight ends as a, a unit. Um, I did watch a lot of Mayer and Kincaid both because um, those were kind of the two top guys. Uh it's gonna it's gonna depend on draft stock. I know you're gonna hear that a hundred thousand times <laughs> this episode, but it's true. And uh, these two guys play the position completely differently, though. Um, Kincaid it lines up more like a slot receiver. He's more of a just a receiver, you know, kind of like how Kyle Pitts played, you know, um, stylistically. He's not the he's not the prospect Kyle Pitts was uh, physically, but he he's more of a receiver, pure receiver, tight end. Whereas Mayer is more like your Zach Ertz or uh, Jason Witten style, where like they're they're he's a good blocker, you know, he's strong, um, and and can catch, but he's not just a pass catcher. So if they were to both have similar draft capital, I for Dynasty would lean Kincaid, just because I feel like he's going to be used in that role more. But I think Mayer as a better tight end, if that makes sense. It, yeah, it does as far make, as like the position goes. It does make sense. But I think, uh, you know, if you're looking at drafting one of these guys and you're hoping that they're going to have an immediate impact, I think that that the fact that he's such a good blocker gives Michael Mayer more of an opportunity to get on the field early on in his career, uh, whereas Kincaid may take a little more time to come along. You know, we see that a lot with tight ends where it takes them a couple of years to actually, um, you know, get it figured out at the NFL level. It's a position that takes some time to learn. So a guy like Mayer who already, ha- you know, excels as a blocker um, may, may just get the opportunity a little sooner. He, I think he's going to be the first tight end drafted in the draft. I, I don't know for sure. We'll have to see, but um, th- I, I I'm leaning Mayer right now. I'm still going to keep grinding tape on these guys, but again, these tight ends, you're going to be drafting them like late in the second of your rookie drafts. And one of these three could even slip to like early third round. Um, and I think those that's a good spot to take these guys. Once you start getting through all of the uh, running backs and wide receivers drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, where you can kind of switch over to tight end, 
and say, hey, this guy might not pan out right away. But if I'm spending, you know, the 208 on this guy, not, you know, not the the 201 or something, then you're going to feel a little better about it. If you're looking for immediate tight end production in the second round, trade that pick for a tight end who's already established. Because, I mean, we've had three tight ends who've been first year relevant and they even then like only Kyle Pitts was really good and then he scored one touchdown. He just got a thousand yards. Uh, yeah. Most of them. Yeah, go win. trade 208 for Evan Ingram if you can. I don't think he would. Because he's on the franchise. <laughs> think, uh, you know, they franchise tagged him. Yeah. I think he's going to produce again this year, you know, or or try and go get Fryermuth. You might have to pay a little more to get a, a Pat Fryermuth or something, but uh, you know, those guys are a lot more likely to produce right away on your fantasy team than one of these rookie tight ends. You think the Raiders draft a tight end? Uh, it's definitely possible with, um, you know, losing Darren Waller. Uh, I was really sad about that. I love Darren Waller as uh, just as a player and, and as a dude. But, um, you know, I think it was probably a, a smart move for the franchise. Uh, he's 29 years old. Um, or actually I think he might be 30 at this point getting older and, uh, um, you know, we are, we're not, uh, we're not competing for the championship this year. So we, we need to make some moves and add some pieces at a lot of positions. And, uh, we were able to get a little bit for Waller. So I don't think it's the worst decision. I like should have invited the coach to the wedding. (laughs) I like green Bay drafting a receiver in the first this year because they, we all know they won't draft a receiver, but you know, um, Love is going to need weapons, and they, it's a it's a deep tight end class this year. Oh, see, oh yeah, you're saying draft a tight end. You said draft oh, a receiver. No, I said we know the Packers won't draft a receiver in the first. They just refuse to. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but they might draft a tight yeah, end. Yeah, there's That's some good possible. options there. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's hop over to our sleepers here. We got one from each position outside of tight ends. So, uh, quarterback sleeper uh, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Uh, biggest downfall is coming off an ACL tear. He's 25 years old, but has solid arm strength and good rushing upside. Um, where would he have to land for you guys to like consider him? I mean, is he somebody that you're still drafting if he gets, you know, depending on where he lands, are you drafting him in a dynasty league or absolutely in a one QB? Uh, probably not until like the fourth round. It looks like, uh, I think he went four two in the most recent draft that I did. That was a one QB in a two QB league. Um, you know, as long as he gets drafted in the sec, like probably in the second round is where I think he, he might potentially go. And if that's the case, then he's probably going to go in the second or third of your uh, 2QB rookie drafts, probably in the second. I've seen him creeping up to sort of some of the late first, early second in uh, some mocks. And I, if it's a quarterback taken in the first round in a super flex league, he, is warrant, he warrants a he first round pick. Drafted. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's, if it's later, sure, you know, there's some other guys who are better prospects in other positions, but it's a quarterback in the first round. You take the guy in the first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. If he gets he drafted the in the first round, he's, he's going to be a first, he should be a first round draft pick in your two QB leagues. Uh, in a one QB league, you can get him later. If you watch the tape and you believe in that guy, you know, then I don't think there's a problem with taking him like in the mid to late third round. 
Um, but you okay. know, there's some issues with him as a prospect. He's coming off a torn ACL. He's 25 years old. One of the older prospects in this class. Um, so he looked, there's some issues there, but the rushing upside yeah. is nice. He looked good before the injury. I mean, that Tennessee, yeah. the whole Tennessee team looked good with him at the helm. Um, but yeah, I think 25, like we saw Brandon Whedon, um, several years ago and he got the old man moniker. He was a little bit older than that, but teams are not, even if he was elite, teams are not going to risk the high upside. Cause that's two, three more years that they don't have him under contract. You know, he's already taken wear and tear on. Um, I did see some stuff where like Seattle may be interested with their later pick or trading down to even, um, to take him. And I, I think he would not play, you know, the first year with Gino. Um, but that team's got receivers that I would definitely take him, you know, in the, in the mid. Like that he could develop in with as well. I could see that. Okay. All right. Uh, Jordan, you want to talk about the running back? Uh, I think Zach wants to talk about this running back. I've got a running back I do want to mention, though. Um, also out of TCU with QJ is Kendra Miller is a guy that I like, and we need to see what the draft capital is. We're going to say that over and over again, but – He's a guy to watch because he's got a three down skill set. Uh, he should have the size. Uh, he didn't uh, work out at the combine. A lot of these guys didn't work out at the combine. So, you know, go check out his pro day and um, and just watch the film. But the guy moves great, uh, great between the tackles runner and uh, just somebody that I really enjoyed his film. And I think if he gets day two draft capital for the NFL, he's going to come out and have an impact. So that's the guy I wanted to mention. I think he's probably like late second early third in the real nfl but i really like him um as a prospect he's got three down body wasn't used a lot in pass catching roles but that doesn't mean he can't catch you know what i mean yes Uh, (laughs) my guy devon a chain now this is like the Mm -hmm. ultimate like you know i don't know if either of you are baseball guys but like joey gallo just comes up and all he does is swing for the fences. That's all he does. And A Chain had the third fastest forty time in history at the combine. He ran a four three two forty. Uh, he supposedly ran a, a four two nine at college hand time. So you know, take it with for giant grain of salt. Um, unfortunately, that grain of salt may be as big as he is. He is not a large guy. He's a five eight one eighty eight. So. <clears throat> his tape is is as good as Gibbs' tape um, for, for his college, as far as college goes. Um, he's not quite the pass catcher, but like if he gets a hole, he's he's just gone, man. Um, however, you know he got a lot of volume in college. He played in the SEC. Uh, he had like thirty eight carries against LSU. LSU is not what they used to be, but like. 38 carries, 38 carries against SEC. It's still something. However, yeah. there has never been a successful running back at his size in NFL history. So, if you draft him, you're you're rolling the dice on on history. You know, odds are probably not good. However, third fastest 40 of all time. Dude makes hmm. one cut and he's gone. He, he's got good vision. Um, you know, he could be like that... Uh, the upside is be you know, it's easy to say um, that Chris Johnson year in Tennessee where I, I don't think he's ever going to run for two thousand yards, but stylistically, you know, 
they're just so fast. Like if you don't get them in the backfield, they're gone. Um, yeah. With, I mean, I think, you know, probably a comp for him is maybe like a, a little bit smaller Raheem Mostert where he can, he is that fast where, it, you know, he could just be at the house before you even realize that he's broken through the line. Um, yeah, he's very small, but that, that speed is going to attract NFL teams. I could see my Raiders taking him, which I'd be pretty disappointed in. Um, but you know how the Raiders are with their love of speed. So, um, but yeah, I mean, his production profile is fantastic at the college level. Um, so you just, you're just hoping an NFL team says, all right, we're going to take the shot on that guy. And if he gets the draft capital, he's going to get some kind of opportunity. So, um, something to watch for sure. I like a chain. The tape's really fun to watch. One of those niche niche things you could use for him too, is if your league does use kick return yards or touchdowns or whatever for the player, I think even if he's not. That could be, yeah. If, if he's not in the backfield, he's going to be back on punts or kicks or something just because he's got that game breaking ability for sure. Yeah, all right. The last guy we've got, we touched a little bit on him is Jalen Hyatt uh, out of Tennessee as well. Deep threat 4440. Um, you know, I mean, Zach, this is your guy. Uh, you see him being nice slot receiver in the NFL, or where do you see him landing? I, I don't know where he's going to go. I've, I've seen him mocked in the first. I've seen him mocked back into the third. Um, he just reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson, where he's a smaller guy, but man, if you, you misstep once, you're gone. He's gone. Um, I, and I feel like that's we were saying that for quite a few guys. Um, this is, I feel like, and maybe it's just recency bias, but we have a lot of shorter, fast guys this year. Um, but he is... Ran a disappointing four four flat forty like that. That really like if you look at his tape, he looks faster than that even, and that's pretty dang fast. Um, he does you know in man coverage or in press coverage didn't really do well. He kind of ran out of like bunches or um, ran out of the slot and then just went deep. So you know he's not a, a can't miss prospect, but I think some teams going to see that and say, oh, look, they, they could do something for our offense and. One catch could get you 14 points. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't know what the separation is going to look like because of how that scheme plays out, like you mentioned, where he was, you know, running out of stacked sets a lot of times and things like that. But um, if he gets first-round draft capital, which he very well may, then I think, you know, you you take him kind of at the end of those first round wide receivers and hope that he can turn into something. And the guys we mentioned previously, I like all of them ahead of Jalen Hyatt, but if the NFL likes Hyatt more than they like several of those guys, that's something to pay attention to. So draft capital really, really matters for pretty much all of these positions, especially quarterback and running back. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, yeah. yeah. I kind of see Hollywood Brown in him too, um, as far as how they play, especially early okay. on. Okay, well, that's a pretty good comp. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not a bad comp to have. Yeah, and if so. he turned into Hollywood Brown, he would very well be worth a late first, early second round pick in your, you know, in your two QB dynasty leagues. That's you know, that's that's a lot of value to get in, for a, a late first or early second. So um, that's yeah. you know, that's what you're hoping for. 
All right. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us on our first episode back, man. We hope to have you on more as we go through these mock drafts and, and all that stuff. Um, it's uh, going to start kicking up again for us here real soon. Um, have a couple episodes out a week at least, uh, you know, starting back up now that we're getting back into the role of things. So um, thank you guys for, uh, for hanging out and talking rookies. It's been been a blast. Thanks for having me. I mean, we're one month away from the real draft, so it's it, it's the time. You know, I'm excited. Let's it's go. Perfect time. Yep. And after the real draft, too, we'll really ramp up. Have a lot of mock drafts, a lot of talking. Not only dynasty, but redraft, and uh, get into just about everything, so we can talk about where rookies might land in redraft and and everything like that as well. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at bcff underscore brandon. And Jordan. Yeah, you can find me at BCFF underscore Jordan. And uh, uh, what's our, our main Twitter handle? Man, it's been a while. We are out of practice. Best Coast FF. Best Coast FF. Yeah, it, it has been. It has been a minute. But, you know, this was a solid first episode back. I think it went real smooth. Felt felt good to be back in the, the swing of things. And, you know, things will start going um as we go uh we're probably going to expand we've talked about expanding into a little bit of different you know sides of things um i'll probably talk a little bit uh in each episode about um you know uh best uh best ball drafts and doing uh you know how to draft those different things on you know best ball and then once the season actually starts about you know daily fantasy and and maybe even some you know prop betting and stuff like that i'd like to get into a little bit more of that type of stuff too so We'll probably expand a little bit on that side. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I did my first best ball mock draft, and it went absolutely terrible. It was really but, bad, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed. Was really bad. Really bad is an understatement. Um, I I had the number seven pick, and man, it was just everything that could go wrong in that draft went wrong for me. Thankfully, it was just one, and I have many more to go. Um, but, uh, you know, last season ended well. I made it to the semifinals in, in two of my best ball drafts. So, you know, made some money back in, in that. So hopefully we can we can get back into it this next year. So cool, um, cool. But, yeah, I think that'll do it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you guys here in a couple of days.